Time to grab a snack, pull up a chair, and pass the remote. I'm James Chalmers, and with me as always is Tina Harrisonidas. Hello! Still no Nick, but you want to know something, Tina? What? Tomorrow, Nick Owen returns. Oh, really? He flies in tomorrow. Wow! Yeah, the adventure is over. Now, I don't know if you'll be actually back with us this week. I feel like I probably want to rest up a little bit. Yeah, that's understandable. Probably suffering from a bit of jet lag. I remember mm. how we were when we came back from overseas. That was you? fine. Actually, yeah, we were fine. I was, I was fine. Man up, Nick. I went to school the next day. That's true. Okay. Scratch that, Nick. Back at your desk this Wednesday. Yeah. We were talking about movies. <laughs> and your holiday as well. Pardon me. Um, I took a, took a few weeks off. Uh, mainly because we didn't really watch much uh, in that little break. And we've been extremely busy. Or at least I've been extremely busy. We have been busy. Like, between work and then... It's just a week of plans, but we have every single weekend. every week we've had plans. Like people wanted us to be at stuff. It's like stop inviting us to stuff. <laughs> Seriously, it's kind of crazy. For the longest time, we didn't have a social calendar. It's only like things happened, and, and we, we can't deal with it's it. It's too much. <laughs> too much pressure. <laughs> but uh, we're back. We've watched some stuff. You watched a movie. Do you want to talk about it a little bit later? Yes. I watched a couple of movies, some TV, a few different things. Yeah. Um, we'll play just to a. Shorter episode today, although every time I say that it ends up being longer. Um, but let me run through the news that we missed while we were away. Uh, so there's been, well, here's the thing. The last time we spoke, I think there's a lot of, you know, is Ben Affleck going to be Batman? Is he not going to be Batman? It was all kind of up in the air. Yep. So since then, two pieces of news. The first piece of news was that Ben Affleck has signed on for a new Batman trilogy. So he's nice. going to do those three Batman movies. And the final movie will set up Batman Beyond, which is like another, which is a cartoon series in the '90s or late '90s, early 2000s, where essentially Bruce Wayne became too old to be Batman, so he hired a new protege to take over. Yep. But he was, and he was kind of the Alfred in that, and he kind of trained him and stuff. Oh, okay. Yep. So that's what they announced originally, until a couple of days ago when Casey Affleck, Ben's brother, came out and said, "No, I'm pretty sure he's not going to be Batman." So mm. we still don't. Oh, okay. So we still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Um, DC... Can we really trust Casey Affleck? Well... Can we trust his judgement? In this situation, I'm going to say no, because I really want Ben Affleck to be Batman. Um, also, obviously, Flash and Arrow and all that are coming back pretty soon. Yep. They've announced another crossover between all four shows. Oh, okay. The What's last... this one called? They haven't announced it, because it's very early. Last time it was the Dominators... But apparently this time it's going to be... Oh, sorry, I thought you meant like a brand new show. No, 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 just the four shows crossing over again. Yeah. But this time Supergirl will be a big part of it, so it won't just be a little five-second tease or whatever. It'll be all like, four episodes. properly in it. And if I remember correctly, it was a little while ago that I read it. I think there's going to be like some romance stuff in it. Oh, okay. So I don't know, maybe I'll finally get my ship of Flash and Supergirl together. Yeah, possibly. Once he comes out of the Speed Force, maybe he'll be all changed and no longer wanting Iris. Well, Iris is supposed to be the love of his life. 
Yeah, I know. Um, which works until you get like like minded. Get to know our Iris. Yeah, Iris is fine. I have no problem with her. Like, but I feel like he has better chemistry with Supergirl. Yeah. Um, and that's gonna happen in November, so it's gonna be a lot earlier than last time, I think. Well, actually, that might be at the same time. Doesn't matter. It's soon. Um, they also released the first image of Josh Brolin as Cable in the new Deadpool film. Okay, also, he's Cable. I literally just elbowed him in the head. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the X-Men. He's like a time-traveling X-Man, I guess you would call him. I'll see if I have a photo here, because I didn't take any pics over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so as we know, Josh Brolin is already Thanos, and they've revealed pictures of him, but now he's yeah. going to be Cable as well. And there he is. This little cybernetic oh, yeah. guy. Cool. Yeah. And teddy bear. So that's happened. And uh, teddy bear. There's a little teddy bear structure as well. Oh, okay. Um, what else has happened? Uh, we got a piece of news about Bond. James Bond. That is coming. I'll get through... Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about it. Daniel Craig is apparently coming back. Yeah. Which, when the last movie came out, he was like, I'll never do it again. I'm sick of it. I hate it. I just want to do it over and done with. Yeah, but he also, like, in the interview, he explained that he'd just come off the back of doing ba- of, of doing James Bond. Mm. So, obviously, like, I mean, after you've done something that's really exhaustive, you're going to go, I'm never doing it again. And then a little time later, you go mm. and do it again. Same which, thing with me in productions. Which I think that might also be the Affleck Batman thing. Yeah. Like, that, not only that, and also just the constant reaction from fans. Like, I think we talked about it before, where it's just like... The fans are their own worst enemy because they yeah. complain and complain and complain. Mm-hmm. They're never happy. Yeah. Except for me, I'm pretty happy most of the time. Uh, so take that, every other fan. Yeah. Um, here's some interesting Take news. that, listeners. No, our listeners are great. We have a few listeners. I've had a couple other people like, tell me they've been listening and stuff. So. Good. Um, Disney is going to start pulling all of its yeah, stuff off, off Netflix because they're creating their own Netflix. Yeah. Their own streaming service. So then you have to pay for that, don't you? It's true, definitely. Um, so that'll be a little bit frustrating, but we might find that we're able to get all the Disney content. Because there's a lot of Disney content that isn't available on um, Netflix, at least in Australia. I don't know what it's like in America, but over here, it's not great. Like You only get a fraction of the Marvel movies, a handful of the Disney princess movies. Like, there's not a lot. Yeah. So they might be putting... And it'll be all the Disney TV shows as well, I can imagine. Yeah, so we might actually find... And also Star Wars. Yeah, that's true. And every Star Wars show as well, because there's a few of those. Like, yeah. I don't so this might actually be a good move. Like, it's kind of frustrating that we might have to pay for... We're going to have to pay for another streaming service. But if they're putting everything up there... And they don't have to worry about negotiating contracts because they own it. Yeah. Also, Indiana Jones, like another thing. Like, I mm. think maybe this might actually kind of work out for the best. Yeah. Um, so only time will tell, of course. But interesting news. Um, speaking of Netflix, pretty popular Netflix show a few years ago was a little show called Jessica Jones. Yep. Who's currently in the Defenders, which just dropped. Uh, David Tennant is returning for season two. Nice. Which is interesting. Spoilers, if you haven't watched Jessica Jones, which is a two-year-old show, uh, David Tennant's character was killed at the end of Jessica Jones. Maybe it's like a prequel, or maybe it's like a... in flashbacks or something. Well, that's what I was thinking. I wondered if it was flashbacks, because I feel like maybe the events of the Defenders might affect them all differently. 
the same way how after the first Avengers, remember how Tony Stark had like PTSD, like yeah. in Iron Man three. So maybe it's something like that, or maybe because it happens a lot in comic books, maybe he's just back. Yeah. Because especially with the Defenders, which spoilers, we will. Talk, I'm going to talk about Defenders a lot more later. But it's also not really a spoiler if you've seen the second season of Daredevil. The Hand, who are the main villains in this, are known for being able to resurrect fallen warriors and stuff. So yeah. maybe they've resurrected Kilgrave. Mm. Um, I don't know, I haven't quite finished Defenders yet, so maybe the Hand are gone, but I can't imagine they are. Can I also just say, while we're on the topic of David Tennant, yes. I really am enjoying how David Tennant, <coughs> Danny Pudi, and who's the guy who plays John Ralphio? Oh, um... Oh my god, I can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I really like how they're all on DuckTales together. Yes. Yeah. I haven't watched. I've seen all the pictures and I'm like, ah, oh, it's like three of my favourite actors. I actually haven't part. watched the new DuckTales. I think I saw a cl- I think I had a sort of clip or the opening theme song because it's a new art style and I really dug it because mm. I was a huge fan of DuckTales as a kid. Woo! So this is, the, yeah, we got. But actually, I don't think it has it started yet. Has it, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it might have only just started because I've never seen the. The little clip would have ages ago, and it wasn't actually out yet. Um, in October or November, I can't remember exactly. Um, season three of Daredevil is going to start shooting, which is awesome news for me because that's one of my favorite shows. Yep. Um, so that's all I got. Uh, and the last little bit of news is some Star Wars news. Obviously, we have. I have a bit of news too. Episode eight coming out in no- in December, and then next year we have Han Solo. Yep. The year after that we have Episode nine. Yep. Year after that, Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Ooh, okay. I don't know what they're gonna do. Whether it's gonna be a prequel, because we kind of got that a little bit already in the prequels. Yeah. Or whether it be like kind of in between the, the adventure between four, three and four. Um, my get my personally, I'm like, if you're gonna do it, Ewan McGregor, get him back. He is yeah. hands down the best thing about that trilogy. Yeah. And I don't have the same problem with the prequels as everyone else seems to. I think they're fine. I don't think they're great. But I think they're fine. But he is handsome the best thing in those movies, so you'd be crazy to do any kind of movie about that character without that actor. And now that he's a little bit older as well, like it's been, what, 10 years? Mm. Over 10 years since that last one came out. Yeah. You really could do that middle story. Yeah, between um, three and four. Because I can't imagine he went straight to, like, was it, is it Tatooine that Luke's on? Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine he was straight to Tatooine. I'm sure he had his own battles and his own adventures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I bet you there's a lot more going on because he's the last. He was the last Jedi. Yeah, basically. Yeah. At that point, yeah. yeah. So I'm not. Everyone listening to me who's yelling at me, being like, "You idiot!" I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy. I like Star Wars, mm-hmm. but I do not call myself a Star Wars nerd. Like, the, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot to tell. So that would be cool. Mm. Um, you have news. Oh well, I don't know if it's really news, but I saw something today. Um, you know how we were all like speculating whether or not. Uh, Stanley and his cameos is one of the watchers or one of the watchers informants or something. Yeah, it's been confirmed that he is. Yeah, I think that happened a long time ago. Well, uh, Guardians basically confirmed that. Okay. When we saw him up there, um, but yeah, yeah, still news. Some people haven't seen Guardians, so spoilers. Um, <laughs> that's actually out on DVD and Blu-ray tomorrow. Oh, there you go. I already have my copy. That's decide. my news. My news is that it's out on DVD and Blu-ray tomorrow. I'm very excited. Did you see the? music video they did for it? No. Oh, okay. I'll show it to you later. Essentially, this is a couple of weeks ago they released it. There's a track on the sound on the soundtrack and it's also in the, the closing credits of the movie called Guardians Inferno and essentially James Gunn and the composer took the score from the first movie like the Guardians theme 
and turned into like a disco anthem. Okay. And then they made like, because apparently they did that with Star Wars in the 70s. And then they made like a fake video clip, or a real video clip, but like for this fake band. Mm. And all the cast are in it basically. It's like this weird band, like just dancing like disco, like in this disco video clip and yeah. stuff. It's pretty fun. <coughs> so, um, so that got released a little while ago, and that's on the Blu ray as well. Um, I think that's all the news. I don't think there's anything else that's really happened. I don't think so. Um,. So we'll hit up some reviews. Yep. Actually, you know what? Let's mix it up. Mm. For the first time ever, let's hit Trailer Trash first. Okay. Uh, that trash. Only because I feel like in the reviews we're going to talk about something and it's going to take a while. So, yeah. And we have no topic today. Uh, have you watched any trailers? No. Okay. Cool. No. Uh, three trailers I watched. Very quick. Uh, the first one was the Death Wish remake. Uh-huh. Uh, which is directed by Eli Roth, starring Bruce Willis. Yep. I've never seen the original, but it starred Charles Bronson, and it's essentially about a man whose family is killed, and he goes out and seeks revenge. Yeah. Um, and I think that was one of the first revenge films, like, of that kind. Um, looks good. Looks fun. Like, I, I only seen one trailer, so... Who's in it? Bruce Willis? Yeah. Uh, he's basically... He's the, the man with the death wish, I guess. Okay. I don't know any other cast members of it's kind of stuck out or whatever I feel like it's probably going to be a bunch of lesser known so you can just kill a bunch of people yeah but um, knowing Eli Roth who makes wonderfully violent movies this should be a a pretty fun uh, venture into the revenge genre something he hasn't really done before so uh, I'm in and then the last two trailers um, that I watched I literally watched this morning um, I think it was this morning yeah uh, The Inhumans has another trailer yeah I still oh I did watch The Crown trailer there you go. That's about it. Yeah. It was alright. Yeah. Um, I still don't know how I feel about the Inhumans. It was a very quick trailer, basically just introducing to all the characters. But I don't think it gave their names. I think it just gave their titles because, like, they're the royal family of uh, the Inhumans. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, I think it did give their names. Um, it was fine, but not not really giving us much information. I guess we'll know in September. I think that's when the premiere happens and the IMAX screening and all that. I guess we'll know if it's going to be any good, but. It's the only Marvel thing I've seen a trailer for so far where I'm like, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and the last trailer was for The Punisher. Uh, there's a Netflix series, so as we know, uh, Defenders literally just dropped a couple of days ago. Punisher's coming in November. Yep. And um, I'm in. Looks good. It's, again, it's a very quick trailer, just kind of a voiceover trailer with a little bit, a little bit of minor action. Like you just see kind of The Punisher using a sledgehammer on something for the yeah. longest time. And then it just ends and he's... Made the Punisher logo. Yeah. Um, but I really like uh, that actor, um, oh, I've forgotten his name now, John Bernthal, uh, who played him in Daredevil, and he's been to a bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, I'm in. I think it's going to be good. Cool. That is all our trailer trash, so let's hit some reviews. Yes. Do you... I've got a few things, and there's a couple of things we can talk about together, so do you want to mm. start... Do you want me to knock a few out of the way, or what do you want to do? I don't mind. Whatever you want to do. All right. Uh, I went and saw Dunkirk. Yes, which I just discovered yesterday, is in France. I I never knew where Dunkirk was. Because to me, it sounds like a British name. I will be honest, I watched that movie, I sat in that theatre, and I never knew it was in France. Yeah. Um, The new Christopher Nolan film, I was saying news now for a few weeks now, starring Tom Hardy and uh, Mark Rylance and Harry Styles Mm -hmm. and Cillian Murphy's in it. Mm -hmm. A bunch of regulars pop up, Kenneth Branagh. 
Um, his shortest movie, I think, since before Memento, was only an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. And I did not love it. Mm. I'll say this before all the movie nerds get angry at me, and I've had a few of those already. Um, I think it's technically brilliant. I think visually stunning. Um, I think the audio editing is fantastic, and all the crowd scenes, like any time there's a chaos or battle or anything on screen, you really feel like you're part of it. It's mm. nuts. Um, so technically, I can't fault it. I think it's it's obviously very good, and I can see why people like it. Yeah. My problem with the film, and I know people are going to get irritated by it, is that I'm a big fan of dialogue, and I'm a big fan of character development, and I'm a big fan of plot. And whilst people can argue... Well, the plot is the events of Dunkirk. It's true. I guess I should have said spoilers as well, by the way. Spoilers. Um, but they never really get all that into it. It's very kind of more like fly on the wall. Yeah, we're throwing you in the middle of it. And that's yeah. what's going to happen without any story. And I don't know. I just felt like it was a... For me... I would have preferred some characters to latch onto that I cared about. Mm. Um, like, there's a death at one point, I was telling you the night that I saw it, and it happened so randomly. I was just like, okay, cool, well, that guy's dead, dead now, now, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of relentless, like, it never stops. Like, it's, there's never a moment where you're like, oh, let's take a breath. Like, I think I told you that the score doesn't stop until, like, maybe the last five minutes for a brief moment, mm. and then it kicks in again. Like, it's. You're always on edge waiting for something to... Mm. You're waiting... There's this constant build-up. Is that kind of... <clears throat> sorry to interrupt, but is yeah. that kind of like um, There Will Be Blood? You know how in There Will Be Blood there's yeah. like this constant... Yeah, a little bit. But unlike that, like in There Will Be Blood, there's a build-up and then things happen. Whereas this feels like it's constantly building up to something and then it just doesn't... Nothing kind of materialises. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that kind of irked me a little bit is that he decided to tell the story in three parts. There's uh, one storyline which happens over the period of a week, one storyline that happens over the period of a day, and one storyline happens over the period of an hour. And whilst I think that's interesting, and when I first heard that, I was like, oh, they must do one story, then the next story, the next story. He tells all three simultaneously, and very early on in the film, the storylines merge. Mm. So at that point, like in my head, like it took me out of the movie... Because I had to remember, I'm like, alright, those guys are in the day, those guys are in the week, and those guys, those guys are in the hour. And then by the time it all crossed over, I, like, and it was so early, I was like, it would have been way easier just to not put a time stamp on this. You yeah. could just, like, you could have told me that afterwards, and I'd have been like, oh, okay, cool. Mm. But like, it took me out of the movie so early, and then when it all crossed over, I was like, wait, but where, I was literally trying to work out the calendar in my head while I was watching, and that's never a good sign, I don't yeah. think. Um, and the other thing he did, I know, I keep saying, I don't know the thing. Um, Nolan has this fascination with putting Tom Hardy in a mask on screen, mm. which is fine because Tom Hardy is a very expressive actor. Like he only needs his eyes to give a performance. But once again, like more so than even Bane, so I know a lot of people had problems with the Bane voice and un- yeah. understanding him. The entire time, I could barely understand what he was saying. Like I spent half my time trying to figure out his accent, and the other half trying to figure out what he was saying. It was just, it was tough. Yeah. Um, Harry Styles, surprisingly good. Like. Mm-hmm. I have a little tidbit about that. Apparently, um, Harry Styles auditioned for the role completely independently of, like, his fame. He just went, and Mm. apparently Christopher Nolan didn't know who he was, and just hired him because he was awesome at the audition. Yeah, no, he did a good job. Um, And again, like, 
if there had been some character development, I probably would have lashed on to his character and the other characters, but it's... I'm not saying it's a bad film. It's definitely not a bad film, and I can see why people love it. And I've also said that I probably need to give it a second chance. Like, I think that's fair, give it a second chance. But for me, there's just never anything for me to latch on to. Yeah. And maybe it's just that kind of storytelling doesn't work for me, and maybe it, like that movie will just never work for me because I latch on to certain styles of story, uh, storytelling. Um, but yeah, so... What, yeah, it's it's the same with it's it's the same thing that I had with Alien Covenant this year. Mm. Like I was like, this is a technically very well made film. Uh, I can see why people really like this movie. It's definitely a great movie, but for me, the storytelling isn't there. The story that I want isn't there, and that is a deal breaker. Like, yeah, uh, unfortunately. So this one was probably less disappointing than Alien because I had no expectations. I was like, I don't know what I'm going into. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I will give another watch, but yeah, just for me. Just wasn't my cup of tea, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so, so I, how many uh, explosions? I don't know. Um, how about gas masks? It's tough because there was nothing. Like there was no standout object to latch onto in this yeah. movie. Um, how about Adolf Hitler's? No, he wasn't in that. Um, how about we'll say stretches because that plays a, a pretty important part at the start of the movie. So yeah. I'll give it six medical stretches out of ten. There you go. Um, but pending a rewatch, I was almost not going to give it a score. Like after I watched, I'm like, I don't think I give it a score. I don't mm-hmm. think I have a score for it. I just don't know. But I'm giving it a six. Um, and hopefully on my rewatch, I'll be able to bump that score up. Yep. Um, was it said during World War One or World War Two? I don't. I know nothing about Dunkirk. Uh, I believe it was two. I thought so. Yeah. But again, like, it's never really explicitly stated. It's not trench warfare, is it? No, it's no. not. I mean, here's, a, World War I. here's the other thing. And again, like, maybe it's because he's trying to do something different and he doesn't want to make like, every other war film, that's fine. But every war movie that you know, like, any kind of war film that kind of people are familiar with, they all have this one famous set piece. The best example of this is Saving Private Ryan. Even mm. if you haven't seen it, you know the opening 20 minutes is the storming of Normandy Beach. Yeah. And that's the scene that everyone remembers. Yeah. And this never had a scene like that for me. There was never, like, a big moment. There was never, like... Mm. Even, like, it being a rescue mission, I was never like, yeah, the boys are into rescue people. It was just kind of like... Yeah. It was, yeah, it's... It's just... It's, it almost feels like an experimental film. Is it... Um, did it never have a moment like that because it was trying to be very realistic? Like, in war... I think so. Yeah, in war, there's no... And this is the big bit. Yeah. It's I, I think, like always constantly attack. Yeah. Um, I think that probably is accurate. Mm. Um, and nothing wrong with that, but I guess I like a nice side of fiction with my dose of reality. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's why I struggled with it. Um, but yeah, definitely not a bad film, just not for me. Uh, I have more, but do you want to have a little... I can have a little spiel. A little spiel? Okay, so I watched The Handmaid's Tale. Now, this one's very popular at the moment, isn't it? Yes, because they uh, have redone it for SBS. So you watched the original, I watched the original that was made in 1990, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Um, So, because I want to watch the one that is on SBS, but um, I thought before I I download it or before I stream it or whatever, I'll give this this, um, original one... A go, 
Um, and so basically, if you don't know, uh, it's based on um, a book by, I can't remember her first name, but I know her last name's Atwood. And um, I think it starts with M, I'm not sure. And uh, basically, it's set in like this future, futuristic world where, and like, fans of the book or fans of the series will have to take leniencies with me because I've, I've bought the book. I haven't read the book. Margaret yet. Thank you. I know it started with them. Um, I bought the book. I haven't read the book. I've only seen this 1990s uh, film. But basically what happens is in the future, um, a Christian religion, uh, right-wing sort of like religious sect of Christianity uh, takes over America, basically, okay. um, and becomes like the new form of government and society and all this kind of stuff like that. And uh, basically, like, people are rounded up like animals and cattle, and uh, particularly women, women who are fertile, are like uh, revered higher against everybody else in the world because they can, like, bring life and all this kind of stuff like that because like there'd been all this there'd been all these diseases and people dying and, and all this kind of stuff like that and so um basically like the whole the whole culture is divided up into these different class systems so you have uh the men um and uh now you're gonna have to forgive me because i am tired and i did watch it like two weeks ago um, commander, that's right. So you have, uh, the, some men are called commanders, mm -hmm. and they're like the higher-up men. And the higher-up men uh, have wives, and the wives are dressed in like virginal blue, sort of thing like that. And the wives um, uh, do not conceive children, whether it's because they cannot, or whether it's because they are too... Uh, well to do to conceive children mm. but basically the whole idea is that um, the the commander and the wives want to have kids and so they employ a handmaid and so the handmaids are all the women who are rounded up who are, are fit to have children but uh, somehow something in their lives has made them dirty and and unclean so would they tend to be victims of rape or they tend to be um prostitutes and stuff like that so long as they're healthy and so long as they're fertile uh they get turned into head maidens and so basically um they get they get sent to this covenant basically and they get brainwashed and they get like um mistreated and all this kind of stuff and and um uh, they get assimilated into this culture, and then um, once they become a handmaid, they get given to a family. And it's the most fucked up thing ever, mm. because, like, the the commander basically, like, rapes the handmaiden while she's lying on top of the wife. So it's literally, like, lying on the bed, like, the wife's there, and she's dressed in blue, and the, and she's got her legs apart. And then the handmaid is lying into her legs and she's dressed in red and they're all wearing like veils and it's all like, it's all ceremonial. So yeah, it sounds very culty. It is very culty. And then the commander's just like having sex and raping the, the handmaiden. Mm. And um, so the, the, the handmaiden has a certain number of um, 
opportunities to get pregnant. Mm. And if she doesn't get pregnant within those a number of opportunities, she gets killed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, three or four times. And if you don't get pregnant, you're deemed, you know, like worthless. So you get killed. Um, and what will happen is so they, they give him a couple of ch- uh, chances. They do it a couple of times. The handmaiden goes back to the little convent that they come from. Uh, the doctor checks them over. Um, and then if they're not pregnant, they get a second chance to go back and get pregnant. And like I said, a certain number of chances or whatever. And, um, like, I don't know if this happened in the book, but in the, in the movie, um, the doctor was like, oh, you know, you're not pregnant, but you know, I can, I can change that for you. Like I can help you out. I can scratch your back if you scratch mine. And she's like, no, I'm good. Thanks. And he's like, no, like seriously, I can help you out. I'll save your life. And she's like, no, no, no. It's okay, thanks. It's like everybody looks at the handmaidens like, ooh, I get to fuck her. Yeah. And it's like, mmm, okay. Yeah. Um, and then um, you later, the most fucked up scene in the movie. Oh, my God. So basically what happens is um, the handmaidens at this one point, spoiler alert, but I mean the movie's from 1990. Mm. Um 30 years spoiler alert. And so um, the, the handmaidens come and like, they, they come to this massive grandstand. It looks like the bleachers for a, for a university football pitch or something like that. Mm. And there's a whole bunch of nooses just hanging from like the rafters. And there's all the, the, the women who brainwash the handmaidens into making them who they are. They're called the aunts. Okay. So the aunts are all there, and they have this one one handmaiden there, and they're like, you know, in the light eyes of God, she allowed herself to be raped, um, and she had she had sex with with uh, the doctor and all this kind of stuff. So it was it was blackmail. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I get to fuck you, but then I'll just tell everybody that you know I had sex, and, mm. and then you'll be killed. And so there's like. The the handmaiden who's about to be killed, she's standing on this grandstand in front of all these other handmaidens who are on the ground, and there's this really, really long length of rope, and all the handmaidens have to pull the rope, and as they pull the rope, um, the noose gets put around the woman's neck, and they they all together hang her. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like, that, like, like that's part of the thing. Mm-hmm. So they know that they'll never, they'll never, you know, break do rules. break the rules yeah. because they're the ones who have to kill the person. And then this, it's the most, like, you see the brainwashing happen because mm. she dies, and then straight after she after she dies, all the hand because all the handmaids are just like, oh my god, I can't believe we just killed this woman. Like she's one of us, and we killed her. And then straight away the aunts are like, oh, you see this man, and they bring another man out. And they go, this man uh, raped a handmaiden who was pregnant with a baby and the baby died and all this kind of stuff like that. You know what to do. And they throw the man into the group of the handmaidens and they literally tear him to shreds. Wow. Like they have bits and chunks of his hair and his skin and they tear him to shreds. And it's like... Like, the only reason they did that is to make them not think about the fact that they just killed one of their own. Yeah. Sort of thing. It is so messed up, but it is so good. 
Yeah, it sounds pretty incredible. Like, you sold, you sold me on it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, so I kept hearing about it, I'm like, oh, that's so lame. Like, mm. oh, no, it's freaking awesome. Mm. Um, it's a, it's a world that I really, that's why I bought the book, because it's a world that I really want to know more about. I want to understand. Yeah. Some more sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so, um, what am I going to rate it out of? I'm going to rate it out of, um, I'm trying to think of something in the movie. It's, like I said, it was two weeks since I've seen the movie. Not um, nooses? Not nooses, no. I want something a little bit more obscure. Mm. Um... Um, I'm going to rate it out of, I'm literally having like, I'm sorry, this is not making for good podcast (laughs) radio. Um, let's just say red veils. It was very good. (laughs) Yeah, I can't think of anything. Let's say out of red veils. Um, so I am going to give it... Oh, I will talk about a negative, though. Yeah. It suffers from being an 80s movie. Um, I've noticed... Well, I mean, it's 1990, but let's say 80s. Mm. Because you know how sometimes 80s movies, especially, like, not comedies, are very, very quiet? Mm. And there's, like, no ambiotic music at all. Does it feel like a TV movie a bit? Yeah, yeah, a bit. But when the ambiance music comes in... It's like the same effect that that of Kill Bill, Mm. sort of thing like that. Um, So that was my only negative with it. Uh, I'm going to give it eight red fails out of ten. Yep. I really liked it. Um, Before I move on to my next review, just something to talk about. I was talking about today with uh, someone at work, and even though you don't watch it, I just got to talk about it because it's nuts. Yeah. So I've been watching the show Preacher. Yeah. Big fan of it. Loving it a lot. Um, I think I'm like halfway through season two. I'm a few episodes behind. Uh, and I've started reading the books as well, and I, I'm digging the books. And the show's a little bit different, but there's a lot of similarities as well. Um, so there's spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched Preacher yet, but it's not a really big spoiler. I won't use names. I'll keep it on the uh, as obscure as possible if you haven't watched it. There's a scene in season two, or a moment in season two, where one of the characters is in hell. The mm. character just is going to hell. Yeah. Um... And during that time, meets Hitler. Mm. Like, Hitler's in hell because mm. of all the horrible things he did, and he meets Hitler. Which, on its own, is kind of messed up. Yeah. What happens over the next epi- couple of episodes is you find out that of, out of all the people in hell, Hitler's kind of the most sympathetic. Like, you actually... I'm not, wow. even, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. There's literally a scene where I'm sitting there, and I felt bad for Hitler. <laughs> Like, they portrayed him in such a sympathetic way where you're like, Wow. What is wrong with this? This is a show that has been produced by two Jewish guys. Yeah. And they made Hitler a character in Hell, and he's kind of the nicest guy there. You feel bad for him, and no one said anything. I didn't hear anything about it in the news. That episode's been out for a few weeks now. No one said anything online. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, it's just... What? <laughs> So who are the other characters? Um, there's so other, there's other, just pe- other evil people. Other people in hell or whatever. Yeah. And we haven't really... The part I'm up to, I don't know what their stories are yet. Mm. Um, 
But um, at this point, so the only character I know is the character who's in Hell and Hitler and the other guys. And the other people are jerks, I'll say that. But jerk is kind of a light word compared to Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, just that statement alone doesn't... Isn't that like the best like ticket sale you could offer for that show? Like, don't you want to watch that show now being like, I've got to see this show where yeah. Hitler's... You care about him. Yeah, the lesser of two evils. It's so bizarre. I felt so weird watching it. I was like, this show's amazing. And I'm like, hang on, what is happening? Yeah. So, anyway, if anyone's watching Preach and noticed that, let me know. Because that's... I felt very strange afterwards. Um, But yeah, so I wanted to talk about that very quickly. Um, The next thing I'm going to review is another movie I watched. A movie that I really wanted to see uh, at the start of the year, but I just didn't get a chance to. Um... Anne Hathaway's new movie, Colossal. Oh, you actually... Oh, yeah, that's right. You watched it. Yes, got enough iTunes, so it was good. Um, And I think we talked about the trailer earlier on this year, but basically it's about this woman who's kind of an alcoholic and her life's kind of a mess. Pardon me. And so she goes back to her hometown, and during her recovery period, she starts to notice... Or the world starts to notice that there's this giant kaiju-type monster crushing Korea. South Korea, I think. Yep. Um, and then later on, a giant robot appears as well. Mm. Um, and in the trailer, so there's no spoiler, but in the trailer, it kind of shows that there was some sort of link between her and the monster. Like, whenever she did something, the monster kind of repeated her actions and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I watched this a few weeks ago. Um, I will say, it probably wasn't as good as I was hoping for. It probably missed my expectations by a little bit. Mm. But it's still a really great film. Like, it's it's fascinating and wonderfully creative. She's great, and like Anne Hathaway's always good, but she's great in it. Um, Jason Sudeikis is in it and plays a very different character than what you're used to seeing. Mm. I won't spoil it because I think people should watch it and just if you know Jason Sudeikis and what he's like normally, it'd be interesting to see how what he's become like in this character, like what he does differently and stuff. Um, I don't know. They're kind of the two main people in it. I can't say too much else without spoiling it. But um, I will say it's probably going to be one of the more creative films you'll see this year. So if you've got a couple of bucks for an iTunes buy, or if you've got you know, a couple of hours to you know, rent it or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. take your time and watch it, because it's just, it's just different. It's different from everything else. And I really like the way it ended, and I liked everything they did. The, the visual, I think, are very good for an independent film. Um, and the performances are great as well. So yeah, it didn't quite hit the mark that I was hoping it would, but still very enjoyable and very unique. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to give Colossal seven playgrounds out of ten. Seven playgrounds. And that will make sense when you watch the movie. Yes. Um, I have one more thing to review, and then I thought we might dive into something we've been watching together for the last couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Um, so I've mentioned a few times already tonight, let's get right into it. The Defenders dropped on Friday night. For anyone who doesn't know what that is... I'll explain very quickly. Marvel have been doing their Netflix shows. They've done two seasons of Daredevil, season of Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and now they've done the Team Up series. So the way they did the Avengers after bringing out all their kind of individual movies, they've done the same thing for the Netflix series. Um, and they kind of, they put all that, like they kind of bet everything on this one. Like Sigourney Weaver's in it, like she's one of the main villains. Um, surprisingly, they're doing, it's an eight episode series as opposed to a 13 like the other shows. But I'll say this, best idea they've got. And mm. I think they should turn all their series into eight episode series. I don't think, I think 13's too long. Like Iron Fist became kind of tedious, and Nick and I were talking about it earlier this year. 
Luke Cage as well, I really enjoyed, but felt like it was a bit long. Even Jessica Jones, which uh, is the only one you've watched. Yeah. Very enjoyable, but just there were a couple of episodes that were kind of like, all right, like, come on, let's just move. Mm. The only one that I think has done it well is Daredevil. Um, but I'm partial to Daredevil as well. Um, so I'm seven episodes in, I have one left, which I'll hopefully watch either tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, but it's pretty great. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect going in, because I've never really read The Defenders, and apparently these aren't um, the Defenders in the books. Like, they were different characters, like Hulk and Doctor Strange and stuff, but they're too big to put into a Netflix show. Um, after Iron Fist, I think everyone was a little bit nervous, because even though it wasn't as bad as everyone made it out to be, it kind of was a bit of a misstep for Marvel. Um, it's it's very enjoyable. The first two episodes were a little bit slow. They're setting everything up. They didn't want to, like assemble everyone in, in one go they want to kind of yeah. build to it yeah um, but that's fair enough absolutely so they take the time but from three onwards like once you get them the characters crossing over once you get Jessica Jones making fun of Daredevil's outfit yeah. and you get Luke Cage and Iron Fish kind of butting heads because they're both these two like uber strong characters from different but like with different abilities and stuff um it's just fun like it's just fun seeing everyone team up like it's fun seeing everyone get together uh, this isn't a spoiler. Electra is in the show, like she was in the trailer. So I'm not spoiling anything. She's fantastic. Um, I think I told you the other morning. Like, there's a moment I think episode three where I almost cried just because I could harken back to season two of Daredevil. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the fight scenes are very well done. The editing is very cool. So they do this thing. They built this at the very beginning, starting with Daredevil. Every character they've done a series for has its own color. So Daredevil very red lots of reds in it yeah. um, Jessica Jones purple, purple. was a yeah. big thing Luke Cage was yellow mm-hmm. and uh, Iron Fist was green they make a big deal in the opening credits but in the first few episodes in particular every time they transition to a different character that colour was very heavy on the filter ah, so on, sometimes, like was, sometimes it was on the filter but sometimes we just literally like when they went to Daredevil they'd be like close up of the neon sign of Josie's bar yeah um and like when they went to Jessica Jones, maybe like she was in her office, and it's very dark with it, and just kind of mm. a glint of purple and stuff. Um, it's visually like for a, a TV show, like very well done. Mm. Uh, which all these shows, are, I think, all, all the Netflix series have been pretty good, uh, pretty good looking. Um, the villain, I don't think, is a spoiler either. Like we all knew that the hand was going to be in, especially after them appearing in Daredevil and Iron Fist, and there was kind of mention of them in one of the trailers. It makes sense that the hand is part of it. Um, they're not taking too much time building stuff up. Like they're like they're all in in this. Like they like the stuff in those first two episodes are getting everyone together. Like every episode, like they do things that count. The same way how Game of Thrones this season is very, mm. very much like we're focusing on the plot. Yeah, there's not really any lulls. I know I saw a couple of reviews. Where people were like, oh, first episode's a bit slow. It's a bit boring. But I was like, yeah, it's the first episode. Also, like it's been over a year since we saw Daredevil. Over a, a year, almost two years since Jessica Jones, and over a year since Luke Cage, like stuff has happened since then. Yeah. You have to kind of fill in the plot a little bit. And there's some really interesting decisions there. I'm going to spoil one thing because I can't believe they did it. So, spoilers, if you don't want to know about Defenders, cover your ears and I'll and just like skip ahead like 15, 20 seconds. Uh, Daredevil retired. At the end of season two of Daredevil, like we thought he was, but he hasn't been Daredevil for like a year at this mm. point. Like he's trying to get his life back on track. No more spoilers. So that blew my mind, that little fact that I just mentioned then. Um, yeah. But it was very cool, and bringing that back into the story was really good as well. Um, yeah, I'm digging it a lot. Um, I don't really have any... I don't really have any, have 
and negatives. Like, it's not like a 10 out of 10. There's definitely other stuff they could be doing, and there's certain things I would like to see. Um, I really, after seeing these characters team up, I don't understand. I mean, I do understand, but I just want them to be in the movies now. Mm. I think getting someone like Daredevil team up with Spider-Man would be a lot of fun. Um, or getting Jessica Jones, like, back and forth with Iron Man. I think there's a lot of, like, fun to be had with these characters. Mm. I just don't think it's going to happen, which is disappointing, but uh, I'm digging it a lot. Like, it's... Anyone who didn't like Iron Fist, don't worry. Like, they're back on track. Like, this is... This is great. So they say the way we felt after seeing Wonder Woman after a couple of DC movies, that's what this has done after Iron Fist. It's pretty yeah. everything back on track. Um, all the characters get equal screen time, and everyone's utilised very well. Um, it's still pretty violent the way the TV shows have been so if you liked the uh, the heavy kind of uh, fist fights in Daredevil or the head crushing in Iron Fist hmm. um, then there's more of that sort of stuff it's a, it's a lot of fun um, and n- people aren't safe like there are characters that you have liked from previous seasons who die they're just mm. gone um, and I think the MVP like, in terms of best performances I think has to go to either Charlie Cox's Daredevil because he's just so good I can't explain Yeah, that. I really like him as an actor. Yeah, which is why I'm surprised that you uh, didn't give Daredevil a second chance, but maybe you will at some point. Maybe. Um, but he's so good in it. Like, he plays... He's the only guy in the team that kind of has stakes. Like, Iron Fist is the this immortal defender imbued with the power of the Iron Fist, which has been around for centuries. Like, he harnesses his chi, and then he has, like, this power in his hand. So he's fine. And Luke Cage is literally bulletproof. Like... Unless you get inside him, you can't really do anything to, to him. And Jessica Jones hates everyone, so she doesn't really have any personal ties. But Matt Murdock, Daredevil, is the only person who has like romantic interests and friends and and you know ties to the real world. So seeing him kind of juggle between that and trying to be a vigilante is is a lot of fun, and you really get to see him use his action chops. And the other MVP I would say is Elodie Young or Elodie Young. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I apologize, Miss Young. You're fantastic. Um, as Electra, once again, just seeing the range that she has and bringing humanity to this kind of heartless assassin um, is fantastic. So, Defenders, I'm all on board. I've got one episode to go. I'm hoping they do a really great finale. They should, because they've only really... Well, Luke Cage finale wasn't great and Iron Fist finale wasn't great, but both Daredevil finales were great and the Jessica Jones finale was very good as well. So I think... We're going to be in good hands. I think we're going to get a nice uh, one-two punch of an ending. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm not going to score it because I'm not done with it, but let's just say this is a, a great show. If you, if you like the Netflix stuff, particularly Daredevil and Jessica Jones, you're going to love this. This is a lot of fun. Cool. Um, I want to try and get to that quickly because I knew that I just ran. I've been talking about it, you know, and I haven't really had anyone to talk to about it, so I just go on a little tangent for a bit. Uh, let's dive into Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones! We haven't talked about it since, I want to say, episode two. I don't know if Oh, ta- wow. So what I'll do is I'll pull up the episodes one by one, and maybe we'll just do like a quick little dive into each episode. Yep. Uh, we won't go too hardcore into it, um, unless we get distracted and on a tangent, but I just want to kind of do a little recap, because even the first two episodes we didn't talk all that much about, so I'm just going to pull up the episode guide now, and once we're done with it, we'll move on. Uh, so the first episode of the season, Dragonstone. That's the one where um, Daenerys... Jon Snow arrives? No, Daenerys no. arrives at Dragonstone. Oh, okay, yep. Um, and Arya killed all the Freys. 
Yes. By the way, spoilers again. Like, this is like five weeks old at this point. So if you haven't seen this, and we have talked about it before, shame on you. But spoilers, mm. everything about Game of Thrones now is spoilers. There's no non-spoilers. Um, and Sam was cleaning up all the poops. Yeah. They were kind of the big things. Good start, I thought. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God. When I just, like... When she killed all the phrase, that was a, that was the best bit because that's the thing. I was found that episode to be a bit of a Slug. lull after that. After that, because I was like, "Oh yeah, it started off so strong," and then I was like, "Oh, it's like it's still good, it's still good." Mm. Um, but since then, it has been very good. Um, so episode two was Stormborn, and yep. that's the one where Jon Snow arrived at Dragonstone. Yes. Um, we also had Arya meet Ed Sheeran. Yes. And also, Nymeria, I think, or the other direwolf that yes. was in Nymeria. Um, what else did we have? Um, can I say a couple of things? Mm. Obviously, that whole Ed Sheeran bit, mm. people are very opinionated about it, mm. and I would like to give my opinion. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I, I agree with I felt it quite jarring to mm. see his face and to hear him singing and then him be like, it's a new one, yeah. and expect him to say, out of out on iTunes now. Yeah. But I also have to say, and I, I'm not saying this in hindsight, having now seen the rest of the episodes, I was saying this like, this is what I felt at that point mm. in time. That scene is actually really important because what it shows is it shows that the Lattice Army is like tired, tired mm. of fighting, tired of war. They all just want to go home. Yeah. They're all just like, you know, screw this, like this this little girl thinks she's gonna kill the queen. <laughs> okay. You know, let's just let's just finish our food and go home guys. Yeah. Which I think is really integral to the whole like Cersei Danny thing mm. because Danny's army is not like that. Mm. They're not feeling like that. They're feeling pretty good. So I think that's really... Imp- I f- even though it was jarring seeing Ed Sheeran, and I think Ed Sheeran did a good job, I just didn't like the dialogue that he was given. I think they could have given him better dialogue. Yeah, I'll say this, because I, I felt the same way. I don't think... I wasn't like, oh, this is the worst, why'd you put him in here? I thought it was the only problem that took me out of it. And yes. the reason it took me out of it is because he looked like Ed Sheeran. Like, yes. they should have... Slapped on a bit of facial hair, yeah, or dirtied him up yeah. a little bit. Like mm-hmm. he just literally looked like Ed Sheeran, yeah, like wearing Roman clothes. I think that they had of you know, put just disguised him a little bit because they put other people in the past. Like one of the guys from Coldplay was in an episode. I don't remember that. And granted, of course you don't because they hit him. Yeah. I mean, of course it wasn't Chris Martin, and that's the guy uh, everyone really yeah. knows. But one of the Coldplay guys in like a whole like the whole band Mastodon were in it. Which again, if you don't know them, that's fine. But people know Mastodon. But again, yeah. they buried them and they made them wildlings and stuff I just feel like the approach to the Ed Sheeran thing was just not well thought out and maybe like again like they've put other famous people in the past and I, I was saying talking about this earlier today actually the way the reason why the show I think works so well from the word go is that there's no celebrities in it yeah like, the biggest name was Sean Bean mm-hmm. who if you're paying attention like you know who that is but he's pretty disguisable like yeah. you don't necessarily know like he's not a Brad Pitt or a Tom Cruise or something mm. Um, and then Lena Headley and Peter Dinklage. But once again, I mm. think, you know, 
known in certain yeah. things, in certain circles, but not uber famous. Yeah. And so I think the problem is that like you fall into this world, but the minute you see something you recognise, it takes you right out. Which is mm-hmm. like, oh, that's Ed Sheeran. Like yeah. it looks like Ed Sheeran, and he's mm-hmm. singing. That was the thing. I'm, I know they had to put a song in there, but I feel like. Again, they could have not shown the person singing. They could have just kind of... She could have been walking through the woods and just hearing a tune and then walked in the army later and not talked to them about the song. I don't know. But again, I don't think he was bad and I thought he was fine. Mm. I think just more from the production side of things, like, hey, maybe just cover him up a little bit so we don't know, obviously, it's Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Um, But that episode was great. Um, Still very good. And that's also where uh, Sam started to try and cure the grayscale. Yes. With all the pus. Yes, which was really gross. Mm. Uh, episode three was the Queen's Justice. And this was a pretty great episode because this is where John and Daenerys finally cross paths. Mm. Uh, mm. It's also where Sansa and... Um, Bran? Nope. Aya are reunited. Bran's reunited with them before Aya is. Um, I is not reunited with him until later. Sorry, my my bad. Because it didn't say the name; it just said a visitor. I'm um, mm-hmm. right. Brand arrives first. Yeah, and he's all creepy, and he's all four Beatles. George, George Addison. Um, and it's also the episode. This is I know we didn't talk about this. Is where um, Lady Tyrell is killed. Yes. Um, which and she admits that she was the one who poisoned Joffrey. Which is a great scene. Like, and it shows. It's interesting, like, I heard someone talking about this online, and it shows the restraint and the goodness in Jamie Lannister, because we always see him as the guy who pushed Bran out of the, the mm. wall, out of the window, because he wanted guy to... Guy sex with his sister. Yeah, and he's a Lannister, so Lannister was bad, mm. and he was always very cocky, and it wasn't until, like, you know, a couple of things happened that he kind of got humanised. But anyone else, any, like, if it was Cersei who was there... Yeah. She would have, like, strapped her to a table and started cutting her open yeah. and doing all sorts of horrible things... But even though Jamie was clearly furious and full of venom, he was like, I gave my word, she would die painlessly, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so that was another good episode. I think, I can't, again, it's been a while, like, it's a few weeks ago. Like, episode 6 is about to come out, so we're generally yeah. like, kind of trying to talk about things that happened a while ago. Um, I find it really frustrating how Bran's just like, so cryptic. Mm. Just say the thing! Just say the thing, like, just go, hey, the Night King's there, and he's coming, and I saw him, and everybody, White Walkers. Yeah. I have a lot of stuff to say, because I've watched some videos, so I have a lot of stuff to say, but I'm going to say it all at the mm. end. Um, and the other thing that happened is that Daenerys, is, oh, sorry, episode two, just to go back a little bit, um, was also where Euron Greyjoy ki- uh, killed a couple of Sand Snakes. Yeah. Um, he abducted Yara, and... Uh, Theon jumped off the boat. Yep. He abandoned ship. And uh, and then the episode after that, Cersei uh, locked up the remaining uh, Dornish women in a prison and put the poison on the girl's lips. Yes. And I don't think we're going to see them again. I no, think, I don't think so I think so that story's either. done. Uh, yep, I think so too. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, just, yeah, because it's been a few weeks. Um, and then I think it's episode... Th- Four, which we're about to talk about, um, that has so we'll actually sorry episode three also finished with um, not only the murder of Elena Tyrell but also we had Daenerys's army storm Castle Rock, which had actually been all, all but evacuated. Yes, 
and they set their sight on High Garden Sex yes, and want to get the and gold. And ships got caught on fire. Yeah, and they want to get the gold to pay off the Iron Bank. That's what the Lannisters were doing. Yes. In four, Euron arrives at Dragonstone. No, Euron, sorry. Theon arrives at Dragonstone. Yes. And John wants to kill him, but decides not to. Yes. Pretty considerate of him. Um, we also have. Uh, and don't forget, John pointed out to Daenerys the the um, caveman drawings of the Iron the Iron the White Walkers. Actually, you know what? I think Theon arrives in episode five, not mm. four. I'm getting confused. Um, it's been a full-on season. Like, there's yeah. been no lulls. So, so much has happened, which is why it's getting confusing. At one point, Cersei also slept with Jaime again yep. after she found out that um, Elena Tyrell murdered their son for some reason. It turned her on. And the next morning when, like, a handmaiden came to, like, address the queen, he was like, turn to the door, we're brother and sister. And she's like, she's oh, like oh, I'm, I'm the queen. Care. I'm the queen. I yeah. do what I want. She was like the Cockney, Cockney queen, yeah. Um, and then, of course, episode four ended with the field of fire. Yes. Dragons. Seeing uh, the Lannisters trying Jakari. to... Not only fend off the Dothraki army, which turned out to be incredible. Like, yeah. them alone probably could have done the job. Like, they're so... Yeah. Even Jamie says it later mm-hmm. on, he's like, you understand. Like, our soldiers... Can't fight against ...are them. disciplined. These mm. guys do it for sport. They're yeah. like, for fun. Like, mm-hmm. um, so seeing them, but then also to see Daenerys ride down on Drogon and just set the place alight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and leave Jamie in what seems to be a watery grave. Mm-hmm. Incredible episode. The visual effects team has done a great job. And apparently also they broke a record for most pe- most stuntmen on fire at one point. Oh, one wow. Scene. There you go. Uh, at like 20 or something. So apparently that's never been done before. Mm. Um, and then episode five, which was last week. Um, I'm trying to think. Again, I'll probably remember stuff later. We'll just bring it up as it comes. I think at the end... No, four also... Here we go. Arya reunited with... Yep. Sounds of that. And she trained with Brienne... And yes. Littlefinger looked very nervous. Yes. Uh, and then someone also took a little frame, like they went frame by frame through the scene, and apparently at one point you can see like a little archway in the background, and a woman who looks a lot like Catelyn Stark walks past. Mm. And so people are like, is it her spirit, or is it Lady Stoneheart, who's a character from the books, because in the books Catelyn gets resurrected. Yep. Um, or is it just coincidence, like yeah. just a, an extra. Um, so lots of cool things. And then five is what happened last week. Last week was probably the slowest episode, I would say, since the first episode. Like, not a lot of action last week. Don't remember. What happened uh, again? Arya was spying on Littlefinger, and he's yep. kind of got her in a bit of a trap now, mm-hmm. looks of it. Um, Daenerys... He's manipulating the two sisters. Daenerys and Jon kind of um, are on good terms now, where he's... But Jon's leaving to go back to the north. Yeah, and also Sejora returned. Yes. Um, and Sam left... The Maester Training yes, Centre. Yes, with a very important piece of information that he didn't listen to Gilly. Yeah, well, she's she's not the most interesting character. Wow, I have a lot of I have a lot of things to say. But she revealed that again, it hasn't like it's still officially been confirmed, but it's all but confirmed that John is definitely the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna Stark. Yes, which gets into the things that I'm going to say. Okay, so I watched some videos that discuss this a lot better than what I'm going to say now. I have not read the books, so forgive me if I get names and bits of pieces of information wrong, but apparently um, John Stark is... John Stark. John Snow is supposed to be 
the embodiment of fire and ice. He is the literal song of fire and ice a because he is Targaryen. a Stark and a Targaryen. Yep. Now, here's the thing. Um, I was watching a video about like the White Walkers and what the White Walkers want and all this kind of stuff like that. And they said some very, very, very interesting things. So the first thing that they said was that Rhaegar... A lot of people think that Rhaegar, um, like... Uh, maybe raped Liana and all this kind of stuff like that. But apparently Rhaegar was like a really nice guy. Mm. Um, and um, he, like what Gilly says about uh, the annulment proves that Rhaegar was married to, uh, I can't remember her name, it's, I think she's a Tyrell. Um, and um, he then saw Liana at like the... Um, this, uh, oh, what's it called again? It was like a jousting tournament, something okay. like that. And so he saw her there and he like fell in love with her and all this kind of stuff like that. And then... Um, I think that information actually dropped in the first season of Game of Thrones. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so what at happened a, was... At a joust yes. in the mountain someone else. Yeah. yeah. And so what happened was um, they met down in Dawn and one of the... Um, uh, Maesters? Maester people type person, uh, you know, did did a wedding ceremony for them, and then obviously she got pregnant, and she um, then went to the tower, and she gave birth to John, and, and all this kind of stuff like that, and she obviously died. But apparently, Rhaegar was uh, incredibly superstitious, and he believed in the prophecy, and there's a prophecy that says the 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 one to vanquish, you know, the the dead mm. um, is the embodiment of fire and ice. Is it meant to be like Azor Ahai? What is it, the one they're talking about? I can't remember. I don't know. Because that's, that's a theory as well. Yeah. And at first he thought he was... He thought he was the one and then he had like another kid or whatever and he thought that was the one and he goes no 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 it's actually John yeah. um, and so John is supposed to be the one who uh, you know fights off because because it, the whole in the in the prophecy it's like you know uh, the one who dies and is then resurrected and is the son of fire and ice mm. and that's all John basically yeah. sort of thing so apparently he's the one to bench the, the white walkers and then this other video that I watched was very very interesting in terms of what the White Walkers want and what is the point of them fighting uh, all the people in Westeros beyond the wall. Mm. Because uh, they spoke about how, like, um, uh, you know, obviously the White Walkers thrive in cold conditions and mm. snowy conditions and all this kind of stuff like that. So, you know, what's the point of them coming down um, and coming past the wall? And so apparently, like... They spoke about how the wall isn't there to actually keep the White Walkers out. The wall is um, there as a kind of boundary line in terms of the two uh, areas that the White Walkers live in and man lives in, mm. like living men, uh, because apparently there was like all these wars in the past, and then they be and then they decided to have a truce. And the truce was that they would stay in their own boundaries, and every few years there'd be human sacrifices to the White Walkers, which we saw with the Crusters. That's exactly yep. right. Um, and that every once in a while, a woman, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, uh, there would be a marriage between a human and a White Walker. And so uh, we know that there's um, the Night King, but there's something else called the Knights King, and apparently, like the thirteenth Lord Commander of um, the Night's Watch 
fell in love with a White Walker woman, mm. and um, he became the Knights King, mm. sort of thing like that. I've and heard they, this as well, yeah. mm, and then um, and like that's supposed to be part of the truce and all this kind of stuff like that, um, and that. I can't remember the second part of the video, but I think the second part of the video was talking about how, like, uh, John, John has to become the knight. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but then the the other thing, and this is the important thing that I that I wanted to talk to you about, is that they said they go, um, they said in the history books that the wall was made up of frozen blocks of ice that they got like. The, the giants to help build and all this kind of stuff like that. And, you know, the wall goes for, like, 100 miles or whatever, and it's, like, you know, 70 miles tall or whatever it is, mm. you know. And they go, it was built straight after the initial wall between the White Walkers and the humans. But the thing is, to build a wall that fast would not be possible, even if you had giants helping you and all this kind of stuff like that. Mm. And so what... These theorists reckon is that the White Walkers, because they can manipulate snow and ice and blah, 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 they actually made the wall. Okay. And so they made the wall to, like, because remember, the wall is not to keep the White Walkers out. It's a boundary line mm. in, in terms of land. It's a territory line. And so now that they're not getting their sacrifices anymore, because the crusters don't sacrifice humans to them anymore, no, and all this gone. kind of stuff like that, the crusters are gone. And because you now have this embodiment of fire and ice, and you now have dragons, which can kill White Walkers with their dragon glass, you have all of these things that the White Walkers are going, oh, shit, man. Like things aren't going our way, mm. maybe they're going to the wall and they're gonna get past the wall because they've built the wall, mm. so they know how to get past it. And because the history books, you know, didn't say it like that, and because nobody believes in White Walkers, they're all gonna be like, "What? No, the the White Walkers has held the 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 walls held the White Walkers for millions of years, and it'll still stay standing." No, 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 no. I don't think so. I think they're just gonna go boom and yeah. it's gonna like melt and stuff like that. And another little tidbit: apparently, all the Starks are wargs as well. In the books, in the books are, yeah, like I is as well. Yeah. Um, I've also heard a few theories, like, obviously Jon Snow being the the combination of fire and ice seems to be the most mm. uh, likely, but there have been a few other ones, like, so for example, um, they talk about, I was reading something where they talk about how the White Walkers are obviously whites, um, meaning yeah. they're back from the dead, or they're mm. undead, but also Jon Snow and, and Beric, you know, the... The guy who keeps getting... Oh, yeah, yeah the like they're both guy. They're both whites as well, but they're fire whites. Because yes. they're people who were, who've been brought back and they've lived in fire. Like, yes. Um, so that's I what that the too. song of Ice and Fire could be as well, like mm. bringing those two together. Mm. Um, I guess we didn't really talk about it, but at the end of episode five, uh, seven of them went across the water to try and abduct a white to bring back to show Queen yeah. Cersei. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on mm. right now. And it feels like there's a lot of, like, well, we had the return, sorry, yeah, the return of Gendry. Yay! After four seasons of it being away, and we've, we've seen that he can throw a hammer pretty well. Mm. Um, who else do we have? We had Tyrion and Jamie talk after that big fight, like, they, because Jamie spoilers is alive. Yep. Uh, and they kind of organised a meeting with Cersei, um, which Cersei already knew about, apparently. Um, and then we've had, oh, and Sejora's back as well. Yes, he is. He's back, he's all healed, and he's back with Daenerys. Well, he was, but now he's going up the wall. 
So it's John, Gendry, Sejora, Thoros of Mir, which is the guy with the man bun. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is the other guy I just said? So Beric, the Hound, and one more person going... And knight. So Davos, going north of the wall. And they're all going together to try and get this white... And I don't know how much of this next episode is going to be about that, but I feel like a big mm. chunk of it will be. Mm. Um, but like someone was also talking about um, us reading online that every one of them has a connection to fire. Mm. So like John obviously being resurrected by um, being, being resurrected by the Lord mm-hmm. of Light as, and being half a Targaryen. Yeah, and also uh, uh, Beric, uh, Beric as well. Uh, Thoros of Mere being a like a preacher of the Lord of the Light, mm. um, the Hounds having that fear of fire and mm-hmm. then seeing the visions in the fire, mm-hmm. Sadavos also working with Melisandre, mm-hmm. um, someone I'm missing, not just Gendry, but someone else. There's so many characters. Yeah. Oh, Sejora being the advisor to the Queen of Dragons, mm-hmm. and then um, Gendry, who is literally a blacksmith who works with fire and stuff. They talk about how, like, they're the seven best people to go out there yeah. other than Daenerys and her dragons. Yeah. And there's also a theory, this is only a theory, so it's not spoilers, but there's a potential uh, occurrence that maybe there'll be an ice dragon. Yes. So it's all so, speculation, yes. but, so this isn't a spoiler. I've, I've heard the spoiler that one of the dragons dies, but I think that maybe it doesn't die and maybe it turns into an ice dragon. But does that mean it fights for the White Walkers? Or yes, does it, I okay. think it will, Yeah. yeah. Because anything that gets turned by the White Walkers is on mm. their side. I heard this other interesting theory, which I really liked, where the White Walkers aren't the villains. Oh, yeah. So they're, preser- well, they're just preservers of life. Like, you see that thing where, like, the char- the baby is left alone in the woods. They don't eat it. Yeah. They literally turn into a White Walker baby or whatever. Mm. Uh, and they're preservers of life. And they're coming down because man cannot stop the, Killing? Des- the destruction of itself. Mm. Like, there were seven noble families inside the show, and there's, like, three left. Yeah. And so they're talking about... So there's like this thing that made the White Walkers aren't the villains. Like, it's just... Because they're creepy. Yeah. And they killed a lot of wildlings and stuff that they might be villains, but maybe they're actually the heroes. Mm. Um, needless to say, this has been a, an excellent season. Maybe one of the best seasons of the show. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. A lot of things finally getting paid off. Almost all the reunions have happened. We're seeing crossovers between characters we never thought we'd see. Mm-hmm. Also, this whole, this whole idea of abducting the White and bringing it back to King's Landing means... We might see the Hound and the Mountain face off finally. I don't know how they're going to abduct a white, bring it down to King's Landing, mm-hmm. without A, getting killed, yeah. and B, without the white just like, I don't know, melting or something. Well, they're not made of ice. No, I know, but like they're not meant to be in heat. Well, I imagine maybe flying on a dragon's back is a good way to get to King's Landing. Yeah, but where... Like, they didn't take a dragon across the wall. I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you at this yeah. stage. Um, I also feel like if this plan does succeed... No, I think they'll be alright. I don't think... Because the Whites aren't the White Walkers. Like, the Whites are just the undead. Yeah, they're just like the skeletons. Like, they can't turn people into ice. Or yeah, they're the just like the dead Yeah, walking. so I think the idea is they're going to try and like lure one away from the pack and then just tie it up and take it. Mm. I'm sure it'll go wrong, because things never go right in this no, show. No, that's right. Uh, we have two episodes left of Game of Thrones, tomorrow night's episode being an hour and t- ten minutes. Yep. 
and then the finale being an hour and 20 minutes. Oh my too God. long. I can't believe there's only two. And then, this we only, is nuts. and then there's only six left after that, the final season. Starts wow. shooting in October. Wow. And there's six episodes to go. But I was saying maybe this will be like six two hour episodes. Like maybe it'll be like six <laughs> movies. Um, and I also read online that apparently there's a Game of Thrones pe- prequel series coming. Oh, wow. And it's not going to involve any of the characters we already know. It's going to be like set centuries before. So maybe like the early yeah. wars and stuff. Mm. Uh, which I guess they couldn't have done. Because otherwise it would have spoiled everything for this show. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah. We have been talking for over an hour on this <laughs> short version of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, very soon we're going to have Nick Owen back in the chair and he'll have lots of stories about his trip, I'm sure. And he's him and I are going to clash because he didn't like Baby Driver and I did. And I didn't like Dunkirk, but he did. So I yeah. feel like there's a, the wars to come include <laughs> uh, movie fights between myself and Nick Owen. But yeah. that'll all come in good time. Uh, if you want to follow us online, I'm James Chalmers 7 on all of my social media. And I am Tina's Hair and Beauty. And thank you everyone who made the jump from the old feed to the new feed. We've stopped posting on the old feed now, so it's only on the new one. And we made the front page of iTunes, which means people are still listening, which is awesome. Um, that is going to do it for this week's Past the Remote. Tina, say goodbye. See you later. I'm James Chalmers. See you next week.